This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Here's a Joy Law podcast from Jack and Dean on Joy. with Jack and Dean for the Tuesday Drive Home on Joy 94.9. Joy War. Jack and Dean. Joy Law. That's right. It is time for Joy Law. This is the regular segment where we chat about legal issues of interest or concern to the LGBTIQ plus community. I did it all. And his allies. And joining us today to talk about a very interesting topic, the topic of surrogacy, is Bromwyn from KHQ Lawyers. Hey, Bromwyn, how you doing? Hello, thanks for having me. Surrogacy and surrogacy laws and there's some recent reforms. Tell us more. Yeah, yeah. So today I just wanted to touch base with everyone about um, two or three recent changes or some proposed changes that are going to be coming in around the surrogacy area. Um, Surrogacy is something we do a lot of at KHQ and it's something I personally really enjoy So you don't do surrogacy, you provide advice on surrogacy. I haven't yet been called to be a surrogate, no. (laughs) Um, But I know a lot about it. No, a bit about it, yes. I'd be well informed if I I made that choice. Um, But yeah, so we've done a couple episodes, I think, on surrogacy Mm. before. So listeners might remember um, surrogacy laws are different state by state. So, you know, these changes that I'm talking about are relevant to Victoria. Um, In Victoria, it's quite closely regulated um, and there's a lot of hoops to to jump through. And one of those significant hoops is um, uh, anyone wanting to have assisted reproductive treatment, and that, you know, includes surrogacy arrangements, um, need to get criminal record checks and child protection order checks. So you get those from police and the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, And you know, depending on the outcome of those checks, you may or may not be able to access, you know, those services, the assisted reproductive treatment why, services. Why, what's the reason, what's the rationale for that law? Mm. Um, so I suppose it would have been a concern for the well-being of the children that would be born as a result of these procedures. So, for instance, it's not a rule that would apply if you were just um, going to a reproductive uh, treatment facility to, say, store your eggs or do something yes. like, that, like that. But if you're if you're undergoing a treatment where, you know, a child would result and that's the aim, then I suppose it would be out of a concern for that child's welfare once they're born. Um, I believe that would have been the I underpinning know, policy. Maybe I'm just being a bit lefty here, but I just think, you know, if someone's got done for shoplifting years ago that's and they've right. done their time yes. and they've reformed. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But so in this circumstance, what they're more looking for um, are sexual and violent offences yeah, so where charges have been, yeah. Yeah, been driven. Sweep that under the rug. No. Yeah. So, but even, even having said that, so that's, I guess, sort of the rationale behind it. But for a lot of people um, who go through the surrogate, surrogacy process, they identify the criminal record check as being one of the most sort of stressful parts of the process. They don't quite understand why they have to get the checks. They feel humiliated. They feel stressed about it. They have to pay for it. They have to wait for it. It can take several weeks. Um, so basically last week, the Victorian government um, basically announced that they would be pushing for an amendment to the Assisted Reproductive Treatment Act um, tomorrow, mm. which would basically remove the requirement for police checks and, and um, child protection order um, checks. Um, and of course, that doesn't mean that there are no safeguards in place. Of yes. course, um, you know, clinics 
who do these sorts of treatments are still going to be on the lookout for any, I suppose, potential welfare concerns. If there are any red flags that suggest a child is not going to be cared for or cannot be cared for, is going to be abused or neglected, um, that's certainly something that, you know, they would look at and may cause them to not provide that treatment to somebody. Mm. Um, and, of course, there's mandatory reporting for, you know, uh, child abuse, family violence, those well, sorts yes, of exactly. things once, you know, once the child is here um, as well. But, yeah, that's going to be a big change and we could see that coming through um, very quickly um, pending any opposition. So that's, that's going through Parliament tomorrow? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mazel Yeah, so that's one to watch out for um, in, in the near future. But there, are, there have also been a few um, sort of mid to late last year which came through, which I thought it might be good to touch on as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so last June, there was also an amendment which came through, um, which basically corrected a bit of a loophole in the Assisted Reproductive Treatment Act, which um, there are several presumptions as to parentage under that act that, you know, apply to men and women or, you know, you know, women and women, men and men, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and there was a presumption that arose where if you were a woman and you had, um, if you were married, so married to a man or a woman, um, that your partner would need to consent for you to undergo an assisted reproductive treatment and that your partner would actually be, um, sorry, your spouse would actually be the parent of the child that was born. So that makes sense for a lot of scenarios. Of course, that's what you would want. But yes. there's a subset of people where you're married, um, but you have since separated and you haven't yet divorced. So you are technically married, but you are not with that person anymore. You're not making those decisions with that person and you shouldn't really be held back, you know, that's just because right. your estranged husband or wife says, no, I don't want you having a child using someone's, you know, donated sperm. It seems it's really at odds. Yeah. So no one's holding me back. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. So that's what they came and said in, yes. uh, in June. The Victorian government said that wasn't really the intention and that's not how we wanted to operate. So we're going to make a reform to recognise that, you know, people who are separated but not yet divorced do not need the consent of their, and their I wonder spouses. that one, uh, I understand why would the um, estranged partner have say over how you want to... Um, <laughs> Body and and, and yeah. child, but equally, I guess that it also protects against future claims to say that that partner right. has some liability or. or some That's right. Just because, yeah, if you for whatever reason have elected not to get divorced, which plenty of people do, that you're then, yeah, I guess you know, oh. technically, I get. You, you know, under the legislation, you would have to consent, and I guess that's really yes. the, the main issue. But um, you know, let's say you consented at some stage, and you know the situation changed, and it just leads to a whole lot of unintended consequences. So I think that was a good one that changed. And then um, also in December last year, some uh, some reforms took place that broadened the categories um, of costs that surrogates can be reimbursed for. Now, of course, with surrogacy, is most well, it is altruistic. That's it's right. Not a commercial relationships and altruistic. No, so it's still a situation. Where where the surrogate can't materially benefit in any way, yes. um, but they have allowed for more circumstances or, or, you know, they have expanded it, but they've also just clarified some of the categories that, you know, that the surrogate can be reimbursed for. So previously it was really sparse. It was basically medical expenses relating to IVF treatment, pregnancy, birth, yep. um, travel costs and legal expenses. Those are really the only criteria and there wasn't a, a lot fleshed around that as to, yes. you know, what was in and what was out. Um, and we would always have clients coming to us and asking, well, you know, as a result of me being a surrogate and me now being pregnant, 
you know, I now have these additional needs. I, you know, I can't care for my existing children as well. I need some oh, help. Yes. Or because of this particular pregnancy, I now have this kind of medical condition, oh, which I didn't have yeah. before and I'm going to need help, need help with. So, um, tricky. yeah, it, it was a bit tricky, but now it's good because they've expanded those categories. So they've fleshed out some examples for, you know, more costs that you can be reimbursed for. So, yeah, they've basically sketched out medical costs prior to conception during the pregnancy and birth um, or, you know, in relation to the child's birth, um, any counselling expenses. And as we know, counselling is, is a necessary part of surrogacy. Yes. Um, and anything, really. <laughs> just in life in general. <laughs> Says I. Um, Out-of-pocket expenses um, that the surrogate mother may, um, may incur, things like travel, accommodation and childcare costs, which is what I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, interestingly for periods that the mother may need to take off work as a result of the pregnancy. So that can be sort of two months, um, I suppose, prior to when you're expecting the child to come. But it could also be at any other period where, you know, for medical reasons, that woman can't work anymore. Yes. Um, And then finally, um, if there is new insurance coverage or increased insurance coverage to sort of meet the needs of that pregnancy, um, any sort of gap, I suppose, can also be can also be reimbursed. So it's always a good idea to keep track of all of those things, maybe have yeah, a, a ledger or a spreadsheet. I was thinking with the reimbursement. Now, uh, back in the 80s, my mother oh, used to go. work in retail. Yes. And she worked for a fashion outlet, which was uh, com- devoted entirely to maternity wear. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Can I get reimbursement? I don't know if they still have shops that are just maternity. <laughs> oh, yeah. These sort of smock-looking things with a big yeah. bow and a big sort of... Right. Just, <laughs> I so badly want to say a brand, but um, no, but I'm not allowed to. <laughs> Can you get cover like, for the <clears throat> cost of a new wardrobe? Yeah, mm. I think that would, yeah. I think if you, I guess the rule is within reason. So maybe yes. not an entirely new wardrobe. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, if, if you're someone who, you know, you need some new clothes, some new work appropriate clothes, let's say, and, yeah. you know, your, your body is now very different, mm. then yeah, I, I would say that's acceptable. But everything More sort suits. of needs to be yeah. within Within reason. Yeah, and, yes. and, you know, do just keep track of, yeah, all of those receipts and invoices and those But I think also going into the relationship, uh, it's probably useful to have the conversation. Um, that's right, before yeah. Before you start being pregnant, yeah? That's be clear it, about yeah. what you're up for and what you're into. Yeah, and that's really the key with surrogacy all the time mm. anyway, you know, and that's why the counselling is so important. It's to make sure that everyone's on the same page, the expectations are matched, no one gets, you know, shocked or disappointed or you don't have, you know, a situation that no one foresaw. And I suspect if I was to ask you, should you get it in writing... Yes. Yes. You would probably say, probably. (laughs) Well, you know, as all lawyers would say, (laughs) yes, everything is better in writing. Look, you don't, um, as we've discussed before, you don't have to have a surrogacy agreement. Um, Surrogacy agreements are uh, not always binding. Well, they're not binding and enforceable, except insofar as they relate to medical costs. Um, But that applies regardless whether you have 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 an agreement. But yes, of course, if you would like some extra certainty, then always best to get it in writing. If if you have any questions about surrogacy, you can get in touch with us at KHQ Lawyers. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Bronwyn. We look forward to speaking with you or anyone else from the team from KHQ Lawyers in a fortnight's time. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.